And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation. I'm hoping helps your business grow. Look, we all talk about marketing. We talk about customer acquisition. We talk about creating hype, a whole lot of other things. But how do you get around to creating a simple marketing plan? That's right, people. Before you do anything complex and before you get into the weeds and before you talk about 10 million types of A and B testing and all that other crap, how about we just do something simple? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. And before we get too far into that, a quick reminder, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Let's focus on your project and not on your hiring. That's what Fullscale is there to help you with. As mentioned, we're going to talk about how to create a simple marketing plan. I brought a subject matter expert in to discuss exactly that. With me today, I've got Tim Fitzpatrick, and Tim is the president of Rialto Marketing. You go to rialtomarketing.com. There's a link in the show notes that'll take you right to exactly what you want to find hailing out of Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Tim, welcome to Startup Hustle. Matt, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here and uh, jump into this. Yeah, I am too. I love this topic. And, you know, with, with the topic, I, I mentioned you're a subject matter expert. So I want to give you a few seconds to give us a little bit about your backstory and what you guys are doing out there in Highlands Ranch, Colorado at Rialto Marketing. Cool, man. I appreciate it. I uh, So I'll just give you the the quick rundown, my entrepreneurial journey started when I graduated from college, got involved in a wholesale distribution company. We were selling consumer electronics um, into the custom installation market. So we were working with contractors that were installing home theaters in, in houses, working with custom builders. We grew that business about 60% a year for nine years. We sold it, stayed on with that company for another three after that, I, I got involved in residential real estate for a while. I, I did not like it. It was not my thing, uh, but I did learn a lot, put myself outside of my comfort zone all the time. And when I decided that I needed to shift gears, that's when I got into what I'm doing now, which is you know, working primarily with service-based businesses, just helping them simplify marketing so they can grow with less stress. And we do that by helping them create and implement a plan to communicate the right message to the right people. You know, that's what marketing is all about find so many people are just battling information overload when it comes to marketing. And uh, we need to get back to the basics and make it simple. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be brilliant at the basics before you're ever going to be good at anything else. And like you said, I think so many people get caught up in this information overload, you know, this like, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G testing and comparing all this stuff. And like most of the time it, I find that a lot of people I talk to just don't even have the basic stuff together. Like, Hey, what's your brand message? You know, what, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's the, just define what you do in one sentence. And they're like, uh, you know, it's like I don't know. asking that question, asking that question. Sometimes you get the look like the same kind of look that a dog gives you after you show it a card trick. 
you know, yeah. and, and I mean, so, so when it comes to creating an outstanding marketing plan and something that's basic and simple, where do we start? I, the way I look at marketing plans is 90 day sprints. I think our businesses are evolving very quickly. Our marketing needs to evolve as well. And I think, you know, one year marketing plans or longer, I just think they're too long. And oftentimes they become too complex. And when we make things complex, it's just going to get in the way of actually making results. So the way I look at it, 90 days and there's six steps. Okay. This is Matt, this is like a page or two pages, depending on how long winded you are. Okay. Um, but first is your target market. You know, who are your one to three ideal client types? We need to understand who, who we're going to serve and how we're going to serve those people and really keep top of mind who we intend to attract through our marketing. If we, from, in my opinion, everything from a marketing standpoint starts with your target market. If you do not understand who you want to work with, uh, you're going to have problems. You're going to waste time. You're going to waste money. So at the very least, I tell people, look, I want to see at least a paragraph of who your one to three ideal client types are. So if you've got three, I want three paragraphs on there for each one of those people. Who are they, you know, demographically? But also psychographically, what are their their thoughts, you know, their feelings, their aspirations, the results they're looking for as it relates to what you do, the problems they have. Get that down on paper because we really want to, if we're going to be successful, we need to get in our ideal client's head. We need to enter the conversation that they are having in their head so that when they read your message, they're like, oh my God, Matt gets me. He's talking to me, right? That's what we want to have happen. So in that first step, that's what I want to see. Who are your one to three ideal client types? The second I, step. I think is that there's so, that, well, well, well yeah. hang on. I think there's sometimes a difference as well between who you want to work with and who you are working with. Yeah, and those yes, can be there two is. different things. You know, like yes. and and uh, you know, I just happen to own and operate the company that's the sponsor of today's episode at Full Scale, and this is like you know. The company's only three years old and we have 200 employees and we've gone through this like massive evolution process along the way. And the companies that we were willing to work with in the first year compared to who we're willing to work with now are quite honestly different. And yep. uh, largely because I'm one of the hosts and make sure you check out our other host shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, but, you know, because I'm the host of quote startup hustle, people assume that we always work with like day one startups and we don't. I mean, we yeah. usually don't. It, it requires uh, a little extra than just like, hey, I want to start a business. Like I can tell you that, and I like to turn some of our conversations with guests into real life examples. So, um, you know, we know that our fastest growing and our stickiest clients and the ones that seem to do the best with us are typically software companies. They're usually in North America. That matters too, in many cases, because it's a global marketplace. And yeah. they typically have between 10 and 100 employees. And then on top of that, they usually have a local lead developer, a product manager, or a project manager. Now, the reason that that's kind of confusing is because all of our employees are in the Philippines. So we, and you know, that's where sometimes you, know, you talk about that brand message and we help people grow a team. But yeah. in order to do that, because we built the company on our own model, like meaning like we were our, our, our clients before we had clients, we found that that's what worked for us and we learned how to replicate it. And, and you talk about that, that psychographic, 
analysis is we literally say our company is built by founders for founders. And that's that that's psychographic people that's saying like, Hey, look, because I can sit down and talk to a founder and I can say, look, man, or, or, or ma'am, I can say, I know what wakes you up at three in the morning. I do. I know what it's like to wake up at three in the morning and wonder if you're going crazy, if you've already gone crazy. Uh, wondering if every decision you've made has been wrong and anything else, trust me, it's woken me up at 3 a.m. So that kind of of message and outreach of like that peace of mind is worth a little more than anything else actually goes a long way. I think your your point um, is really, really important because oftentimes when you t- when I talk about, hey, you need to hone in on who your ideal client types are, people you know, they immediately think, oh my God, once I, once I decide on this, it's like, this is, this is in stone, you know, I'm not going to change this. And that's, that's not the case at all. No. Right. As our businesses are evolving, things change. Sometimes the clients that were ideal for us aren't ideal anymore. And, you know, so oftentimes I tell people, look, if you're an existing business, you've had some success, the easiest place to start to really hone in on who your ideal clients are is look at your current and your past clients. And I say, look, look at who do you like working with? Who are your most profitable clients? And who do you get great results for? Who do you do great work for? If you ask yourself those three questions of your existing and past client base, you're going to end up with a subgroup of current and past clients that you got great results for profitable and you loved working with That's the subgroup that you start to look into the demographics and the psychographics to start to identify who your ideal client types may be. Because if we can work with people that we answered positively to those three questions day in, day out, we're going to be successful. And we're going to be happy because we're working with people that we love working with. So that's an easy place for people to start if they're stuck. Yeah. And and for some of that too, and for those of you listening, just because your company doesn't fit into that group right now, it doesn't mean we aren't going to or won't work with you because we also look at a company and we say, are they headed to this path? You know, because sometimes we're the difference that gets them to that 10th person. And, you know, sometimes they have three or four or five people and they're trying to figure out how to, how to make that jump. So, you know, the, the, the people now that, and that's one of the things you look at is the clients you have, can you grow with them? Because one of the things we commonly and regularly say is to our clients is your success is ours. And that's the way I, you mentioned service businesses and helping yeah. them. If you're a service business, you're, you either need to be out of sight or out of mind, or you need to be <laughs> obsessed with the success, you know, yeah. cause it's two, it's one of the two, you're either working to grow and help succeed. Now I say that cause a service company, like you don't want your cleaning company and, your office at one o'clock, three days a week. Right. You know, like yeah. that, that's out of sight, out of mind. All right. So you have a second step. Let's move on to that one. Yeah. So the second step is what's your goal? What's my goal for the next 90 days? It's, you know, it's, we have to have an idea of where we're headed. You know, typically that, that goal, it's going to be time bound because this is a 90 day plan, but it should be specific. It should be measurable. And ideally it's, it's that next step towards your longer term goal, whether it's, you know, year or two or three year goal, you know, so this may be something as simple as, you know, I intend to bring on 10 new clients in the next 90 days, you know, whatever it is, we need to get that down on paper. That's the second step. So it's, I mean, it's really as simple as that. Um, The third step 
is what's our budget and what are our resources? Okay, what do we have $500 a month? Do we have $5,000 a month to invest in our marketing? We need to have an idea of what we have to work with. And then from a resources standpoint, I am looking at, do you have people on staff that have time to help you implement your plan? And when we look at the, the time, we also have to look at the capability. You know, if, if, you know, Joe in my office has five hours a week to help, but um, I want him to do social media activity and that's not his thing. Well, then that's not a good fit, right? I can't try to force something that's not a fit. So all this third step does is really help us identify what we have to work with, because what we have to work with is going to determine what we choose to take on in our plan. Right. So it gives us an idea of where we're at and what we need to work with. Now, now, so, now what, what about you mentioned not putting the square peg in the round hole? Yes. You know, do you think that do you think that this plan needs to only be centric around the strengths that you have? Because like one of the things that, you know, we do a lot of content marketing and I've learned over the last 12 years that most people hate writing. I've written three <laughs> books and it's like, and because of that, I get to talk to people a lot about writing books. By the way, when you write a book, more people want to talk to you about the process of writing a book than they want to talk to you about your book. Yeah. Uh, but most people, I mean, they hate it. So like, they like literally hate writing. Um, so if you don't have someone that, that wants to do that, then do you need to tailor your plan to your strengths or do you need to go find someone that'll do it? Uh, it could be both depending on like, if, look, if you have no budget, right. But you have time. Well, then, you know, you, you obviously, you either need to cater the plan around your strengths or you need to find a way to acquire those strengths. Right. If you have yep. budget, well, then you can hire out for it. So, you know, it, it really just depends on what you have to work with, but you certainly should not be putting a plan together and having people implement where those are those, those implementation tasks aren't their strengths. Cause it's just not going to work. So, uh, you know, if you, if it's not a strength, then hire out for it. And you know, you and yeah, I, and it, you, you, have, you have a good, you, you have a good point too. If you have no budget, time is your budget. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that, and, so, and sometimes that means you got to do things that you don't like or enjoy. And if you and if you're an entrepreneur and trying to build a business and you haven't accepted that fact yet, then oh man, you're in for a rude awakening and then either a change in career or acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two, one of the two going forward. So. Yeah. I mean, there's you know, I think our goal long term certainly is as entrepreneurs to get out of those things that we don't like. But yeah. there are times where we just, we have to do those things to get to where we want to be, right? Well, I, I teach my kids that. I teach my kids, try to teach my kids that because my parents taught me that. And it's just like, hey, sometimes you're going to have to do stuff in life that you don't like and that you don't enjoy. That's part of it. And I think that like looking back at my own childhood, I realized that my parents were inadvertently preparing me for entrepreneurship because <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, do you think that I want to wake up and do like, I mean, it's, it's a lot different for me now that I've yep. built a, a company that's a, a, of a more robust size and revenue. Uh, but in the beginning, I mean, you get to do it all. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just the way it's going to be. And the one thing is, is if, like I said earlier, if you don't have a budget, you have time, you can do a yeah. whole lot of stuff. And if you don't know, I think the one thing that I hate the most that I hear anybody say 
is, well, I've never done that before. And then they shrug their shoulders. I'm like, no, no one had done anything in life until they had. Yeah. So if you want to get it done, sometimes you just got to get it done. And I think that that's a healthy progression for your business as well, especially with your marketing plan, like write a blog article, do some social media stuff, create a video content piece, do it. So you understand what goes into it. Yeah. That way later when someone else is doing it, you have some empathy and understanding for how long it takes, what the different processes of it are. Cause that way you're not like, you know, half a day later going, why don't we have that whole video series? Prepared? Right. Yeah. You know, cause it doesn't happen that fast. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. It's like this podcast has had over 600 episodes. Do you think we were good at this? Like the first 30 episodes. <laughs> Hell no. no. Not only were we not good as hosts, we weren't good at planning. We weren't good at any of it. And we just kept getting a little bit better. Yeah. And now, and now this shit's like a, a, an assembly line. I mean, it runs right on down, but I had to define well, I did it myself. I've been the editor. I've been the planner. I've been the scheduler. I've been the set list creator and the, the guest procurer and all of it. And yeah. you understand what, what goes into it. And like I said, you get, well, that's maybe that's marketing empathy. I don't know if that's yeah. a real term, but it is now. So, all right. All right. So, so now, now we, step one was target creating market. our, or target market step yep. two is beginning to understand our strengths and tailoring yep. things towards it. Okay. Yep. So we've got, okay. we've got our goal, right? What's our goal. Then we're looking at what's our budget. Well, you know what? I think that's one thing that we should, what is your goal? I mean, that should be, that should be in there somewhere. Like what yep. is the goal of all this stuff that we're creating to do? And honestly, I think that, that it's easy to sometimes skip that part. Like well, what, it, what it is. Are, like we want it, we're going to, we're going to define a brand, a target market. We're going to begin to plan some activities, but what do we want those activities to do? Like, and it's easy to, well, we want to build, we want to get more clients. Okay. What has to happen? Right. So, yeah. All right. Was that step? Did I guess step three or do we have a different? No. Step so, so we have target market. Step two was your goal. Okay. Step three okay was your budget and your resources. Now, step four is looking at your current plan. What are you currently doing? You know, when I say that, Matt, I realize a lot of people may not even have a plan, right? They've just been acting right, and doing right. things. And that's okay. I mean, there's a lot of people that are in that boat. If you don't have a plan written down at this point, this is the opportunity to just get a baseline of where you're starting from. We can't, you can't outline a plan of, to help you get to where you want to be until you know where you're starting from. It's no different than my GPS, right? If I tell it I want to go to Denver International Airport, it's going to sit there and do nothing until I tell it where I'm starting from. So that's all we're doing in this fourth step. And when I look at marketing channels, I look at eight main marketing channels. Okay, so I look at your strategy or those fundamentals. So your target market and your messaging, right? How do you communicate what you do and the value you provide? Those are the fundamentals. That and having a plan are the fundamentals. If you don't have those in place, man, that's, you got to start, you got to go back and start there. But then you've got your website, you have 
content marketing. You know, am I going to create blogs or do podcasts or create videos? I've got search engine optimization. I have social media. I have email marketing. I have paid ads. So Google ads or Facebook ads. And then I have offline marketing, you know, which could be direct mail. It could be building joint ventures or referral partner relationships, speaking. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, but almost any marketing tactic can go in one of those eight channels. In this step, I just want you to write down what you've done or what you continue to do in each of those channels. And, you know, a lot of people go, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm not in like three of these marketing channels. That's okay. You don't, you can build a super successful business and not be in every single one of these channels. So, don't fret about that. I just want you to get down on paper what you're doing, what you continue to do so that we have a good baseline of, and a reference point of where you're starting from. That's all we're doing in this fourth step. <clears throat> yeah. One, one of the things that when it comes to, you know, I think it's a good question of like, what are you doing effectively? Yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's not as much, I, you know, I was just talking to our own, some of my own employees about this this week. And I was saying, you know, look, we can't just, we can't just create a check, a checkbox culture and a checkbox culture is like, okay, I, we made that Facebook post check. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, so what, you know, so what, or, or we did this and we did that. And, you know, like I said, uh, we, well, for those of you that aren't aware, we have 15 people that are in our creative and marketing department at full scale. And they do everything from, produce this podcast to the YouTube series that we publish two videos a week on. We publish anywhere from 30 to 45 blogs a month. We do a whole lot of different stuff. And some, sometimes it does feel like we have that checkbox culture. We're like, okay, so like, what's the intent? And that's back to that goals thing. And I think that so much of, of, of a simple marketing plan and getting, well, kind of getting your shit together is also like, I don't know. I just see content. I think, I think, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show and once again, today's show is brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. So you can get back to focusing on your marketing plan and what's wrong with it. Um, but, you know, you mentioned not, you know, the, the marketing plan of, of past year. I mean, I, I, you can't, what happens in a year, you right. know, that's like you, you're spot on. Like, the 90 day sprint mentality is, is a good way to look at it. And then uh, it's easy for your brand message to I, like, okay, full scale is we help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And then, you know, and I, lo I love throwing ourselves under the bus on this show. I'm sure my staff and team loves <laughs> it when I do that, but, but somehow like a month ago, I found that all of a sudden I was seeing social posts that said, build your software team quickly and confidently. And I said, when did we change our brand message? And, you know, these are the things that sometimes just kind of change lanes accidentally. And, and it's tough because the bigger your company gets and the, and some of that was we had brought on some new people and yeah. we didn't do a very good job of seasoning them. And, yep. you know, these are the things that why these written simple plans, like, you know, you can create a simple set of brand standards. And we went back to square one. We kind of like, I kind of like shoved all the Legos off the table and said, all right, we're going to build this back up. But some of these things and, and you know, and I don't want to go from step four back to step one or two, but what are our approved 
messages? Yes. What's the, what's, what, what can we say? What colors do we use? Like these are goofy things. Like, and, and so we have a, two sheets and they're, they're basic brand standards. And like, and there's even a section like, this is a clear high resolution shot of our logo. Yeah. This is a, one that isn't. And this is one that looks like shit. Yeah. The, the last two, the last two should never be seen outside of this sheet. Yeah. You know, and, and some of that stuff is, is really does matter. And also things like, you know, and, and look, I, it's Some of you, it's going to sound completely elementary and rudimentary that I'm saying, what is your one liner? And yeah. I, t- Tim, it's, there's just so many people that can't tell you that. Like, what does your company do? And they're like, well, you know, we have a solution that helps businesses yeah. <laughs> from California to Maine. And those companies in Maine, you know, they have a hard time slicing bread. And I'm like, so you're a bread slicing company? No, they just, they eat a lot of bread. So we make a product that they put bread on top of, okay, oh, you're a plate manufacturer. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, you know, it's like, what, what do you do? And, yeah. and, and th- that's the whole thing is much like the simple marketing plan, having this little, sh- this short sprint and attention span. Well, we're in this Gen Z culture right now, where if you, if someone's scrolling by, and once again, look at your own phone and you're, and I'm, I'm sitting here running my finger down my hand. You hear that? Yeah. That's what your phone sounds like because people are scrolling by. People need to be able to see your brand and know what you do like, like that, yeah, like that. And, and I think if you haven't defined and done any of the stuff we just mentioned, you know, you're right. Like, who's your target? What's your goal? Your goal is to get someone to fill out a form, make a phone call, make a purchase, leave their info, do something. So define that, do it within the budget or resources. And then like, what are you currently doing now? I mean, if you can't like, don't proceed to any part of what we're about to talk to or what we discuss until you get these first four, right. And like, also like that current plan is look, just doing things for the sake of doing it. Like, and you'll see these things trend and change. And well, it's, a, it's, it's, for example, in the first quarter, everyone was obsessed with clubhouse, the yeah. clubhouse app. Yes. Now. And I just read an article yesterday that like 95% of people that signed up for that never went back to it after the third try. And oh, so the thing is, it, it, isn't it, isn't yeah. it? Cause it's like, it's in January and February. Everyone's like, look like a crackhead. Like, can I get yeah. a clubhouse invite, man? Come on, just give me one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, what is this? And, and, you know, it's funny too, because we even saw the listenership in our own podcast, which had been really steady dip. And it, and yeah. I attribute that to people playing with clubhouse and then they got tired of it, but you got to constantly be looking at what you're doing. Cause if all of a sudden you went all in on that plan, that might've been a good plan in the first quarter and it might be abysmally failing for you now. Yeah. And so, so like, what are you doing? And just cause you're doing it doesn't mean you're winning. Like making these posts that people like this meme culture, like, Hey, here's my, this is Matt. He works at full scale. Yeah. Oh, so what? So what? If any of what you're doing directly results in a, in a strong chance of saying, so what it's shitty, it's yeah. pr- throw it out. Don't do it. And some of the plan I think, especially when creating a simple plan, 
is cutting stuff out of your plan. When you talk about like what you do now, but you probably should get rid of half of it, if not more of it, you know, like in focus, there's probably one or two things that you're doing well, you're hoping you're doing well and that are being done effectively. So focus on those, not just like, oh, we're doing a really good job of getting that daily Instagram post up. Okay, how many impressions are are being made? Like how many people are actually seeing it? How many people engage with it? Because if the answer is like eight or two or 10, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Sorry. I'm kind of adamant about that part in my no. own life right now. So I had to, I had to get that out of my system. I'm, I mentioned I'm going on vacation for two days and I didn't want to carry that with me. So thank you for letting me unpack <laughs> that. Time. No, I, I want to pull something out that you said, because it's really, really important as we move into the fifth step, which is what are we going to, what's our plan for the next 90 days? You said, usually, right. There's one or two things that we're doing really well. That's working. That is always where we recommend people focus. Look at what's already working within your business because there is a very high likelihood that what you're already doing, you're not fully optimizing. That is the best place to start. So if we start to look back and go, okay, well, you know, where, let's look at the the leads that we've had over the last year or two years. Where are they coming from? How are those leads coming in? you're going to see, I mean, most of your leads are probably coming from one or two activities. Let's look at those activities and work, look at the end result and work our way backwards to look at, okay, are, are we dropping the ball anywhere on these? Is there a way that we could expand this to continue to grow that? Those are things that you absolutely want to focus on first as you start to really get involved in the planning process is the best place to start that what's already working and the fundamentals. If you do not have the fundamentals in place, if you do not have, you know, messaging that is clear and engaging to your target market and you don't understand who your target market is, you have to start there. Then you can start to look at what we're going to, what are we doing well that's working and can we optimize that? That's in the, in the next 90 day part of the plan. That's all you're doing is putting down on paper. What are we going to focus on? What are our priorities, right? So many people get distracted and chase shiny objects because they don't have any priorities in place. Your plan helps you get priorities in place. And when you know what your priorities are, you have clarity, right? And what happens when we have clarity is our stress goes down. We're stressed as entrepreneurs because we don't know what the hell our priorities are and we have no clarity and we're just like throwing stuff up against the wall, hoping it sticks. So that's all well, we're that'll, doing. That'll stress, that'll stress your employees too. Like yes. not having a, a plan or clarity. Like, look, here's the thing is most people want to show, most people have a job. They don't provide a job and they, and they do that because they, you know, like they want to show up and execute a clear cut plan and know what they want to do. They're cool. Like these are the people that we love as entrepreneurs. Those are the people I want to hire. I want, I don't want to hire me. I couldn't work for me <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't want me working for me and that's fine. But you know, you look at, but, but without that plan, I mean, gosh, there's 10 million sayings and phrases, you know, if you fail the plan, you plan to fail. Plan to fail. And, I mean, yeah. these, aren't, these aren't madisms. I mean, these are just, you know, things that are pretty clear now. Now, one of the things you, you mentioned there is, is, you know, taking one or two things that, that are working. Do you know what's working? 
You know, like that's, you got to ask yourself that because it's really easy to throw like a bunch of stuff up against the wall and two things stick and you're not really sure what or how. And yep. this is something I've been guilty of in the past, but you know, it's really cool to track goals. You know, that's why things why tag manager and analytics have all this different stuff and you have Facebook pixel, everything has some kind of tracking code to it. And, yep. and you know, especially if you're doing things like online, like CPC type ads, a yep. click isn't always a win. Look, the goal ad, well, that's another thing too, is, you know, say to me, they're like, well, I tried, I tried paid advertising, but it didn't work. And I'm like, well, tell me a little more. Well, a ton of people clicked on the ad, but no one bought anything. I'm like, it's not the ad's fault. Yeah. <laughs> the, ad ex the ad exists. The ad's job is to get clicked. You yeah. know, it's what happens on the other side of that. So it's either your targeting sucks or yeah. wherever you're driving people to doesn't get what it needs to. Now, you know, as we talk about this, like the next 90 days and the, the target and the goal and the messaging and the budget and the resources, I think there's something that, that I, I would be remiss if I didn't add in here. You know, people buy the benefits of what your product does, not the features. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. so people get really stuck in, in, first off, their brand message is too long. Um, okay, so uh, this morning, and I only reason I looked this morning is because the page fell up and yes, much of a rankings checker, but this show was number 56 for all entrepreneurship podcasts on Apple. Thank you for everyone that makes that happen. That's cool to see. But we still, two years later, run the same ad in different, it has slightly different iterations, but it's this simple. It says so many of you that are listening are going to recognize this because you saw the startup hustle logo and it said a podcast for entrepreneurs. That's the whole thing. That's the whole entire ad. And that's because you don't, you don't listen to the podcast in the ad. You have to click something and get that attention. You can keep it simple. And we take, we do that same thing at full scale, hire software engineers, you know, like, okay, you got my attention. That's something I need. It's something I want. And now I'm going to click. And then on the other side of that click is part is really what matters. And yeah. look, the benefits of what you're selling grossly, dramatically, outweigh the features it's like i always tell the story about going to best buy to buy a camera you know because the iphone it does a great job but my wife wanted some like legit pictures like right so i went to go buy a dslr camera like one with a lens digital yep. camera but still with the lens and i'm sitting there and i'm talking to him. there's like a high school kid there or something going just going down the features list and blah 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 and this chip and this mirror and all this other shit and i'm like does this take like professional quality pictures on christmas yes <laughs> it does all right cool wrap it up i'm ready to go and that's all i cared about and so yeah. the thing is is with that brand messaging and what you're selling is and that and that psychographic persona that we've discussed is like like don't don't underestimate what peace of mind is worth to the to the viewer, to the person, the impression, the environment, you know, whoever it is that's looking at your ad. Or, that's a benefit of six other things. Less hassle, uh, sell more, spend less, do both.
Yeah. You know, unchain yourself from your business. That's one we used at Gigabook. I'm the founder of Gigabook.com. And I found that first I thought people would be overwhelmingly excited about creating efficiency in their booking process. Boring. They just didn't want to be up all night replying to texts, replying to emails. They didn't want to be providing services for people feeling like they were missing out on the next deal because they couldn't provide services here while answering the phone over there. They wanted peace of mind. They felt chained to their business. So your message can, that's how you get, well, geez, the got milk. Yeah. Probably the most famous two words in the history of marketing, quite honestly, is yeah. got milk. Cause that was the question. That was the, the thing that people were thinking. They're like, Oh shit, I don't have milk. I better get some. That way I have peace of mind about it. But some of that is is pretty clutch. Okay, so within the next 90 days, now let's talk about that for a second because the world can change quite a bit in 90 days. I mentioned yes, like Clubhouse. Clubhouse was in vogue and now all of a sudden like, they and I have nothing against Clubhouse, but I'm one of those people that went in. I never hosted a group. I have all of the, I have all of the wind and material and following and all of that to do that. And I just didn't care because I didn't want one other thing to do. Yeah. You know, because that was my benefit. I was like, shit, one less thing to do. Great. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but things can happen quickly, but even things that are working for you on day one of this 90 warrant, a uh, warrant a recheck and all of that. Cause ads get stale messages get stale and maybe if you're and you know what if you targeted your market correctly you could run through a whole market in 90 days potentially right depends on how big the market is but yeah sure it's you know you this this sixth step in this plan is about the metrics the metrics are what's going to help you determine whether the actions that you're taking are actually working and whether you should continue to do them or just because it's not working doesn't mean you should give up. Maybe, maybe you need to make some tweaks, right? But you touched on this earlier, Matt. A lot of people are like, well, I'm doing these things, but I don't know whether they're working. Well, they don't know whether they're working because they don't have the right metrics in place to help them be, even be able to determine whether it's working, right? So, you know, from a metric standpoint, I recommend people keep it simple. You know, you and I both know with marketing, there are so many vanity metrics, you know, how many, how many Facebook followers do you have? How many downloads does my podcast have? How many people are on my email list? I don't care if you aren't generating leads and you aren't converting those leads. And there's a lot of people that we talk to that don't really have a good handle on how many leads are you generating? Where are they coming from? And, you know, how many leads do you need to convert to a customer? I mean, if you don't know that information, start there. That's the easiest place to start. And then you can start to get a little bit more sophisticated and look at other metrics. But I would err on the side of less is more here. Don't dig into all this stuff that doesn't matter. Just choose the one or two metrics for each activity that you're taking that are going to help you and track those to start. You know, those vanity metrics, let's, let, let's talk a little bit more about those. Cause I think it's mentioned one, like likes, how many followers, subscribers, um, it wouldn't matter if there was 10 million subscribers to this podcast, if 
only to actually did when when things occur. You can have all the followers in the world, and it's about follow through. You know, and that's that because you you can have like a a cool trendy brand or a, a name or something. If you can't get those people to do anything, who cares? You know, I'd rather have a thousand hundred of them diligently listened and followed and paid attention yeah. than have well on many days than ten thousand with the same number follow through because your cost and effing and keeping up with 10 times more people with 10 times less results. That's a, that's an act shittier result. It's, it's yeah. worse because all these platforms, uh, all these social platforms, all these, all of them, they're, they're not set up. To, well, they're set up their way, not your way. And I say their way because they want you to pet. They want you to have to pay to reach out to your broader audience. So if you have 10 times more people with 10 times less interaction, like this, this is just the AI of the hive mind that Facebook has created. It knows yeah. that if you have 10,000, if you have 10,000 people that like your page, but every time you post something, only 10 of them do something about it. It just doesn't show your stuff to people. Yeah. So then you have to pay for it. And, and these are the things that I think this is where, these metrics are important because people really water their shit down with that checkbox culture. They're posting yeah. a bunch of stuff that people don't interact with. And look, these platforms that, you know, everything from Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, the whole nine yards, uh, they're all those algorithms and that AI is all built to show people stuff that they engage with the most because they're competing with each other for keeping your attention. You're the product. Yeah, and they're, they want to keep you in there. So if you're posting a bunch of junk that no one interacts with, and you know, like, I mean, I see people have that same frustration. You know, with their, they're like, I've got five thousand friends, I'm maxed out on Facebook, but no one's interacting with my stuff. Well, that's why, because you yeah. post a bunch of crap that people don't care about, and <laughs> it doesn't serve it up. You know, and then it, like we have a we have a chat group, and come find us on Facebook for the Startup Hustle chat, which is highly engaged, like. There's like 2,000 people in there, right? It's not like 20,000. It's not 200,000. But sometimes we make posts and it shows them to 1,800 people. And that's that's an example, of, but we but we don't post a lot in there. You know, we post when we do a new video, we do some, some polls that are meaningful. And then sometimes we have just very limited structured stuff, but we're not posting like nine times a day with an image that says, hey, look, we're really freaking cool. And yeah. People are like, so what, you know, cause that'll, that'll depreciate that. All right. So the metrics and, and just the tracking, um, I think this is, well, something, I think you got to earn it through your first five steps of just kind of getting it right. But yeah. I think you also, it, it, even though this is the sixth step, I think you got to on many levels be, be cognizant and ready for this in step zero. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I mean, it, will, it needs to be top of mind, right? What metrics, as you're working through this, just thinking about what metrics can we track that are going to be the most meaningful and informative for us to be able to, to figure out whether what's happening is, is where it needs to be or whether we need to make tweaks. But if you don't track, so many people don't track the metrics. They don't track anything. And so because of that, they have no idea whether things are working or not. 
Now, I'm assuming that Rialto Marketing can and will help me with all of this. Yeah. If, <laughs> yes. If, <laughs> so is that a fair assumption? That's a fair assumption. Yeah. So how, how did, cause you know, honestly, we, cause in the, in the third step, we got our budget and our resources together. Yep. If you, if you realize that you don't want to deal with all this, I mean, this is why companies like yours exist. Yep. So how does someone go about getting around? How, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, What's that look place- like? Yeah, the best place to go is our website, which is rialtomarketing.com, as you mentioned. Um, I did put together some resources for your Startup Hustle listeners. So if they go to rialtomarketing.com forward slash startup dash hustle, um, there's a bunch of free resources there on these marketing fundamentals that we've started to talk about, your target market, your plan. We've got some messaging stuff in there. The messaging framework that we use is all there. Where we start with anybody that is thinking about getting some help is a, is a free consult. We'll jump on the phone and, and, well, now Zoom and chat with you, help give you some clarity on where to focus right now. And then we can talk about next step if, if that's something that you're interested in. But either way, we'll, we'll help you get some clarity on where you I'm should gonna, be I'm going to make sure this link ends up in the show notes. Tim, you might be the most prepared listener ever. Yeah. Because I'm I'm here, I'm ready. It says, welcome Startup Hustle listeners. It's got a link to a free consultation, which I recommend. And you've got a whole bunch of other resources in here. The Marketing Strategy Trilogy, a simple marketing plan template, the ultimate guide to marketing strategy, the customer journey, customer insight survey, a brand playbook template, the ideal persona worksheet, and a marketing evolution index checklist. And you know what? Because I think this is awesome. I'm also going to post this in our chat group. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, this is the kind of stuff like, look, um, you don't have to reinvent things here, people. No. Simple marketing plan. And now look, as much as Tim and I would like to bill ourselves as world, as pioneers, um, people did this long before us. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. There's not much new here. And and that's fair though. So, so look, that stuff, this information templates, uh, all of that, it's everywhere. Okay. It's that stuff is made of bronze. What is platinum is execution is planning and execution. That's, that's the platinum. That is the rare earth mineral of entrepreneur success. And that's the thing that's the hardest to do. And there are companies that, you know, like Rialto and like, look, I love this preparation and this stuff. And like, you know, that's the thing, though, is sometimes it's easy for us to get ahead of ourselves, to get into positions or just wherever we're at where we're not, you know, we're not really thinking about the basics and we overcomplicate stuff. So, all right. Now, I end, I end my episodes of, of uh, Startup Hustle with what I call the Founders Freestyle. I say my episodes. I'm not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in on Tuesdays. Join Andrew Morgans and learn all about Amazon brand acceleration and e-commerce. Join Lauren Conaway on Thursdays. She's the founder of Innovate Her KC. You can go to innovateherkc.org and either support what they're doing or join. Now, if you didn't have a Startup Hustle at that point, come check out our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in Startup Hustle. You'll find us. We publish a couple knowledge-based videos a week. A lot of good stuff in there. Now, with the Founders Freestyle, Tim, I, I you know, 
like we like to give our guests there. I like to give my guests the opportunity to make any closing arguments as well as give some freestyle advice as far as what the best advice you can give a startup founder would be. Sure. So uh, there's a couple things I would say. One, we, Matt, you and I have touched on the planning side of, we've talked about target market. The other really important fundamental is your messaging. Do not skip the fundamentals of marketing. I, I mean, it, it is, you will waste time and you will waste money. I see so many businesses that skip them because they're not cool. They're not sexy. Nobody's talking about them. But the fundamentals in any discipline lay the foundation for you to build a successful business from. If you skip them, you're going to run into problems. So don't get distracted by the shiny objects. They're always going to be there. Get these fundamentals in place and you will be so much better off for it. The other thing I would say too is as entrepreneurs, as business owners, I think it is so easy for us to just just get overwhelmed, right? There's so many things that are on our plate, so many things we want to accomplish and achieve. The easiest way, the best tool that I've ever found to help me with this is to focus on the next measurable step I need to take to get to where I need to go. If we can break down these larger goals, plans that we have into simple, small steps that are measurable, things become much, much easier. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think for, as far as my freestyle goes, a couple things that really stuck out. One, you're offering a lot of free resources. So, and, and I just literally made sure to, we'll have a link for that in the show note too. Cool. Um, now go visit. These are, these are simple things that, that, you know, I, I see this a lot of my own company. We got to be brilliant at the basics. Um, and if we're not, we don't have any, we don't have any, right reason or shouldn't be messing on anything that isn't basic. If you're not good at the most basic stuff at your business, you shouldn't be nine steps down the road because that's a shitty foundation. It's going to crumble. It's going to fall, or you're going to have to go back and clean it up later. In my book, yep. Million Dollar Bedroom, I talk about avoiding the ball of rubber bands. And that is <laughs> it. You're making a ball of rubber bands if you're not good at the basic stuff. Um, you know, one of the things too is like for some of the things that that come up is I just went through my own marketing plan and have been doing so for the entirety of this year and continually crushing things in it that we're doing that aren't getting high levels of engagement. And uh, I get, I get pushback on it and said, well, we should be doing this on Twitter. If, if the tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, it was part of a shitty marketing plan. <laughs> what I believe is, is is actually is actually what that saying was meant to say. And uh, yeah, hey, I just made that up. I feel like that was pretty strong. Uh, but but it's true though, because the things that you're doing that no one's paying attention to, there's a reason for that. Doesn't matter. You shouldn't keep doing them. And you know, I think a lot of businesses just kind of continue that exercise in futility, and you just keep doing stuff and doing it, and it's in that checkbox culture. And like, hey, we put a checkbox, we did that post, we did this, we made that image, blah, blah, blah. And then look, once I think another thing, we didn't even talk about this, is once you see everybody doing the exact same stuff that you're doing, it's, it, if it's not not working, it's about to be not working. Yeah. And I noticed that same thing, like, because at one point, 
I would scroll down my Facebook feed and I would see everybody that had a podcast was live streaming this recording. Yeah. No one was engaging with any of them. We quit, we quit live streaming hours. It's funny because now, no, I don't see anybody doing that. I might go back to doing it. Do yeah. the things that people aren't doing is, is really like a kind of a decent approach to marketing. Like do something that stands out, not just what everybody else is doing. Because like I said, is people, just, they get numb to it. They get numb to it and they quit paying attention. And it's like, eh. and then also think about it. Like, this is an audio medium, you know, and, and, yeah. you know, we, we did things, we went back and looked and like, we used to post the audio version of this podcast on YouTube with just audio. Should we have been surprised that no one really engaged with that stuff? Like minimal. <laughs> I mean, they did some, I mean, and, but it wasn't, it wasn't huge. So quit doing it. If people aren't paying attention to it anyway, Tim, thanks again for joining me. There are links to not only Rialto Marketing, but also this amazing resource set that's in here. And this is good stuff. Um, don't tell yourself that you are past reviewing the basics. It's, it's, I'm 46 years old now. And sometimes I find that we have, I, I get away from that and I force myself to get back into it because every time I do, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh man, I usually feel like I'm peeling an onion back, to be honest. And the deeper I get into it, the more I cry. So anyway, <laughs> that's part of why I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go on vacation for a couple of days and recharge and reload and then come back and get, get right back to peeling that onion. Thanks for joining me, Sam. I'll catch up with you down the road. Thank you. Take care, Matt. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.